Hello there, I'm Jack Cornplay and welcome to the JST Podcast. This week we have the brilliant and humble Jamie Harrop. Jamie shares his journey from when his dad introduced him to rugby union to combat playing Xbox, to which he ended up playing at a really good level. He suffered some real highs and lows in his journey, including being forced to stop playing the sport he loved. We find out how CrossFit was his saving grace and what he's taken from his rugby background into his CrossFit coaching career, as well as his curiosity and thirst to continually become a better coach. This episode is teeming with great information for athletes and coaches, and there are plenty of takeaways outside of those two roles as well. I really hope you enjoyed this episode because Jamie is brilliant. Hi. Can I ask you a favour? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> That's James did not flip for us. That's my favourite bit. Are we rolling? Are we rolling? Are we? We're on. We're rolling, boy. Jamie's got his knee sleeves on for the podcast, so they can pull him right up. Prepped into the next session. Spot on. Straight in. Session of Always ready. and eggs that we've got. Always ready. They don't smell too funky, but which is uh, yeah. a bonus. Mum washed them yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today we're joined by Jim Harrop, GST athlete, GST coach, also coach at Shapesmith as well. Yeah. Anything else you do? Um, full time dog dad. Full time dog dad. <laughs> uh, Husband. Husband. <laughs> some good impressions. Yeah. yeah. Just Ooh. found that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're up this week doing a bit of a training camp with us and the other guys. Yeah, exactly. Nice to have you up. It's yeah. the first time I've actually, I've actually met you properly this week. Oh, did you not see me? I came over to... No, Wigan I missed that time. Mm. Yeah. So, um, first Lucky time you. having the pleasure. Yeah. Um, Straight onto the pod. Yeah. Good to have someone people can understand on the podcast, isn't yeah, it? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Reach our southern... Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so today, Jamie, I just wanted to go into a bit of a background about you, you know, starting from before CrossFit, when you were a little bit younger, right up until, you know, where you're at um, right now. And I think it'd just be good for you know, people on the on the program, just to be familiar with who you are, because you joined us about I think it was all October last year, yeah, and around there. Um, so As a yeah, coach, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you've been an athlete for a good couple of years now uh, as well. Yeah. So um, yeah, I just feel like it'd be good for people to kind of meet you, you know, get a get yeah, brilliant. Who you are. How far back do you want to go? Let's go right back. Um, so you just the start of your sporting yeah. career, maybe yeah, as Back. early as you can remember. Yeah, let's do that. Um, rugby union um, since about eight years old, basically. Um, I remember my dad being like, uh, "I got PlayStation," mm-hmm. and I remember my dad being like, "You can't on a Sunday just be playing PlayStation. <laughs> we need to get you out of the house." Uh, and so went down the village rugby club. My family didn't really have a rugby background, but it was just yeah. the closest sports team to us. Um, and, where, uh, where did you grow up? Uh, down in Bath. Right, okay. Uh, Bath. Do yeah. you guys want to practice saying Bath rather than Bath? Bath. 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 That thing's not R, so I think it's just Bath. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, grew up down there. Um, big rugby, rugby union city. In big there, rugby really. union city. Yeah. I, um, I kind of... Um, the smallest kid in the team yeah. and then like the next year I have my growth spurt and suddenly I'm like okay. the biggest team in the team and I'm like oh <laughs> I like this um, uh, and then, growth yeah. spurt must have stopped then did it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then the next year I'm back to the smallest kid in the team <laughs> um, and then yeah just um, slowly slowly work my way up in, in rugby really um, when I go when I leave school um I was going to go to uni and then um, uh, instead get signed for Leicester. Um, Leicester Tigers. Leicester Tigers, yeah, which was kind of... Um, so, yeah, I always, even though I grew up in Bath, I always wanted to play for Leicester Tigers because they had, in my position, a guy who was about my height. Um, and usually people who played my position were really tall. Uh, or 
So what position were you? Was it flanker initially? Yeah, yeah. open side, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're usually like six foot two or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, probably just under six foot, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give or take. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, so I guess let's go back to, you know, you got into rugby union. Uh, what stage you hit? I'm presuming you got into some sort of a academy. Maybe when you were a teen, or did you not? Yeah, or? yeah. So I'm at Bath Academy when I'm a teen, and then um, they um, bid me off basically. And right. Like, oh, okay. Well, you're, you're a bit too. Um, we don't think you're going to be big enough to play this position, and then Tigers picked me up from there. Right. And so when you're in the academy, I guess you know what sort of like stuff were they kind of teaching to you? Is there anything specific that you remember that you like? Oh yeah, I do remember from that age that kind of sticking with with me. Whether it's I don't know certain values or I don't know a certain um, I don't know physicality or, or anything like that. Is there anything? You yeah, I guess all those processes that are that slowly become natural as you as you're a professional athlete. Yeah, um, and particularly if you feel like you are not naturally very gifted, which is maybe what I always felt. Um, you always feel like you have to be good at all the things that require no talent. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you've got to get your diet spot on. Yeah. Um, you've got to be the first one out warming up because, you know, you've yeah. just got to be Majority, ready to start. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All of those kind of things, I felt like, just became super ingrained. I never um, never drunk when I was a, a teenager growing up. Um, so I'm, I'm like 14, 15, and... Me and my dad on Sunday would do extra fitness, which I loved. <laughs> and then one time I go to a house party on a Saturday night and I get drunk for the first time. And then my dad is like, oh, well, there's no point us doing extra fitness on a Sunday. And at that moment I was like, cool, I'm never, I'm never, doing never drinking again. again. And I pretty much never drink again other really? than like New Year, that it's kind really, of thing. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting that. Um, so d- like with your parents and I guess yeah, your dad in particular, did they kind of push you into doing rugby? Like, once you got into it, were they like, no, you've got to kind of come to the rugby sessions? Or did you, off your own back, just want to go to... Yeah, I think entirely off my own back. Right, really. OK. Uh, dad, mum and dad probably never missed a game, really, and were at every game. Um, and even when there's a big crowd, I'm like, oh, my God, I can still hear my mum screaming <laughs> away. Um, it's but like a voice that just... Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, mum... Um, but no, definitely not. Um, yeah, definitely just off your own back. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a great little story, that, to be honest, because you hear, you know, stories about, like, Michael Phelps and similar situation where his parents never really pushed him. He was the one that got himself up at 6 o'clock in the morning to do his swimming sessions, and similar to you where there was a, a time when he could have decided, right, I'm going to, you know go down this path of doing more social things with with other kids like drinking you know going out doing that sort of stuff but again it was like no we're gonna yeah I just always felt like like I wasn't naturally very good at catching and passing I wasn't naturally very big I wasn't naturally very fast so (laughs) I thought yeah so I I just thought well I'm gonna just have to work twice as hard as as other people to just be as good as, as those guys who naturally are yeah that's it's really it's yeah it's really you know cool to hear that because I'm sure now even like ten years later after you know when you're in the academy and at that point um, when you made that decision I've read a little thing before on Instagram where uh, Liam Holmes did a little kind of testimonial to you saying oh like it's been a pleasure to work with Jamie. Like he's so you know committed to getting his nutrition right to you know make sure that you know everything outside and around training is is on point, like the mm-hmm. preparation side of things, and that those are all the things that you can control. Yeah, exactly. I always feel like that as a coach. Sometimes you coach people and you think, oh, the program for you maybe isn't even the thing we need to yeah. dial mm-hmm. in. Do you know what See I mean? Yeah. Time, yeah. There's so many other things that would get you to the next level. Yeah. You know? um, You've just got to always think, if it was like Steve Fawcett, who's maybe stressed and hasn't got his nutrition right and isn't sleeping, versus Steve Fawcett, who is getting all his nutrition right mm-hmm. and is sleeping and is just super in the it moment, huge, yeah. he's always going to, you know, it's big time. 
Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's on the training camp that we did the other month. A big part of what I went through was like the preparation things and the stuff outside of training. And I said, it's easy to think, oh, like I feel like I could fit in more training. I should be doing more, more like more training volume, more, more, more. And I went through this checklist of all the stuff outside of training that they should be going through, like hydration, nutrition, your recovery, like you're doing your activation work the day before, you're doing like your mobility work, you're doing a proper cool down. And everyone was like, I'm actually not doing very many of these things here. It was, one, it was the first thing that I said to the guys. Obviously, on Monday, when this training camp started, we had a bit of a busy time with um, some of the learners here. But the first thing I said to, to the guys that came for this training camp was, we've got all day to train, which is probably people have got more time than what they usually have when they're back home. So rather than us doing like loads, loads more training, we might do some extra, little bit of extras. Just do everything a lot better. Like mm -hmm. we've just got more time to be able to like put these things up on the priority list. Where you're having your food or your shake and your, your pre-workout, whatever it is, your supplements, your cool downs. Like everything can just be dialed in because you've got the time to do mm -hmm. it. Where I think a lot of the time people see how like they've got they want to go two sessions a day or they suddenly have a bit more time to be able to train. And it's just like they just use that time to smash themselves to pieces rather than actually yeah. using that time to get the lifestyle bang on for them to be able to maybe eventually start training more. Yeah. Um, and then it comes back similar to that email. I don't know if you read. Oh, yeah. You must have read the email because you were, you were uh, <laughs> the coach that was in question of the, in the email. Um, just about your, your actions and your behaviours aligning with the goal that you want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so if if you know, like you said, if Steve Foster is stressed, underslept, like not eating enough, trying to perform at a level that's just not capable, you just yeah. you just get nowhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think um, transition space. Um, I think MJ was telling me you were saying something about this as well. Most CrossFit athletes probably, or a lot of them, work in a CrossFit gym, yeah. um, and are maybe coaching, doing their PT. You know, checking their emails, and then suddenly they're like, "Right, it's time for me to train now," and to change from being, you know, Jamie Harrop coach to then Jamie Harrop athlete, yeah. it's just so hard, isn't it? Because probably you're still like right in between sets, checking your emails because your mind's still kind of half half in there. It's so true, and you know, like you say, you've got to have a bit of a, a decompression time where. Like, say someone works in an office and they're driving to the gym, it could be, you know, actually in the car, start putting, like, your playlist on that's kind of, you know, getting you in the zone. But specifically, like, if you're a coach and you actually work in the place, yeah. you I feel like you've either, you've got to find a bit of space in the gym somewhere where you can just have that bit of time to yourself to start getting your thoughts together, yeah. to get you into the zone, like you said. And I think a lot of people just take the work with them straight into the training session yeah. and you know still sending emails which we've probably all done but I've definitely been yeah definitely guilty of that and I feel like in the last four to six weeks or so, like got much better at it. and I know you can kind of share what you do as well Jamie but a big thing for me is just like the drink that I'm about to drink is like a pre-workout drink or whatever it is like just sit down somewhere like away from people and just like drink your drink yeah and that the time it takes you to drink that drink is your transition mm -hmm. time and I love that. so if yeah. you've got a little bit of caffeine and a drink as well it also gets you a bit yeah, perked yeah. up and if you just need anything that you need to clear up whether it was like work wise or like just do that make sure it's out of the way early on while you're drinking the drink and then you know when you get to it like yeah nothing do you do that you. do you do if you did you know about that before or were you aware of that like transition Sort of. um, no, do you know, I started because, so I moved out over lockdown um, into just a new house mm -hmm. and it's got a big garage with a, uh, that I've kicked out into a gym Yeah. and I started to find that, because obviously you'd be working at home doing your programming mm -hmm. and then you just uh, you just wouldn't have that transition space, yeah. would you just be like, yeah. well I'm still in that same mindset of like <laughs> yeah. doing my bills and checking yeah. And then suddenly, you know, you're mid-set or whatever, and then you look and you've got a stressful email and suddenly your mind's totally off the, off, off the task. Yeah. Um, even Annette, who was out here training, was saying that's the best thing about coming down here, isn't it, is that she's just yeah. totally focused on, on what she's doing. And the other person that's very good at doing that is David Shrunke. Yeah, he is. He's like, after a certain time in the evening, like 7 o'clock, he's like, right, I'm not looking at any more emails or anything like that. 
he'll only pretty much message you in the morning and then definitely you kind might of, get a reply yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you just have set times where yeah. he does his work if you message him outside of that time like you're not you're not getting a response and i just think that level of being present in whatever you're doing just makes such a big difference because the application into training, the application into the work that you do, like you can put yourself all in, um, you know, in each yeah. kind of situation. Was it Mamba mentality was that? Was it Mamba? Yeah, the Mamba mentality. That was LeBron. Was it LeBron James? Kobe. Kobe. Was it Kobe? Yeah, and that's where it comes from. And David, David mentions that, and he's posted about it a few times before. And I think it's it's basically that, isn't it? Where you just like whatever you're doing, you're like a, applied into it. Mm-hmm. You're present in it. Yeah. It's a thing that you have, you're like, no one can do it, and I sometimes, well, quite often I'll slip out of it, but you have to keep like consciously working on it. I don't think anyone can just do it off mm. just trying it once. Yeah. I think it's particularly challenging when you are a coach and an athlete, isn't it? Because you're kind of in the same space when you're that, yeah. that you're doing one job, and then you've got to switch and be... Yeah. doing another job you know whereas watching these guys outside playing rugby league they're not yeah. worrying about their bills at home are they? they're just just playing <laughs> yeah, rugby league because exactly. they're here yeah. that's what they're there to do yeah 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 um just kind of again going back to your playing rugby and, and stuff so you said when you got let go from bath was that i guess the first kind of big setback that you had before you joined or was it like you missed the academy there and you went straight into Leicester Tigers as you kind of faced a big... Yeah, do you know, I was thinking about this when I was driving along. Um, I feel like one of the good things about um, being involved in team sport is that you just get used to just endless amounts of setbacks, don't you? Do you know what yeah. I mean? You're, all, you're going to lose every other week. You're probably you know, not going to get picked mm-hmm. every other week. Um, and so you just kind of are able to always put it into perspective and also use it as a bit of fire um, but not kind of have too many highs and lows. Yeah. Whereas maybe if you've just gone straight into CrossFit, obviously you're not having a game every week, you're not being not picked every other week, so maybe you just wouldn't have those coping strategies for... Yeah, exactly. Whereas you know, I know some people... Or some people you speak to, and you know they've maybe had a bad open workout or something, and, and you can <laughs> see that complete s- meltdown. Yeah, in complete yeah, meltdown. To cope with it. Uh, whereas maybe if you have a bad open workout, you're just like, well, cool, I'll work at those things, and yeah. hopefully I'll do better next year. On to the next thing. We've spoke about this probably in three or four different podcasts. We've come around to it for the last few years now about um, dealing with failure. And like my, when I was like under 16s, I was literally playing for under 16s just regular team like no academy or anything and we were like middle of the table like we'd we'd win a game draw a game lose a game maybe lose two games draw a game win a game like it was like and when you won like you were buzzing and when you draw when you drew it was like oh yeah could have won but then we're glad that we didn't lose and if you draw it was just like you didn't just like get used to it but you got used to dealing with what you needed to do rather than just like getting down in the dumps mm. about it and we've been around some people before who've maybe come from like a really successful like upbringing in sports so maybe they've gone into like the best academies they've been the captains they've been like the best player or like world champion where they're constantly winning and then when they come into CrossFit and they're approached with like different challenges to what they're used to and they lose it's like yeah, whole world is like collapsing and like they, they can't deal with that failure to the same level as someone who's kind of probably come through, probably like like the three of us really, um, of just accepting how to like take defeat and build on it for next yeah. time. And I think it's a huge part, especially yeah. with CrossFit, with the variety. You're never going to get every workout that's like great for you. Yeah. So the variety of the workouts. So some that are great, some that are bad, some that are all right, and you need to be able to deal with those emotions for each one. I was listening to the other day Rob Baxter, who is is he like director at Exeter? Yeah. Um, and he was saying that like they're creating you know something pretty pretty good down there, pretty special. And he said that they make sure that the highs aren't too high and that the lows aren't too low, because if you're riding this wave of you know roller coaster of emotions all the time, it's just really draining. Whereas 
say you played a really good game, but the last kick of the game, the other team, you know, just pitched you, like hit a drop, a drop goal or, or anything like that. It's like, you know, you might have done all you could in that game to the best of your ability, but it was maybe just a stroke of luck from the other team to, you know, pip you at the end. And it's like, well, you did your best and you gave your best, you know, at every point that you could in that game. So there's no point being, you know, super low after that game. It's one of them where it's like, rather than going too low, it's like, well, what can I have done better in that game and what can I work on this next week in training to make sure that it doesn't happen again? That's why Steve's effort over outcomes so important to help with your, your mindset, isn't it? Do yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, I'm just thinking about the Open. Um, and I, I mean, I, I don't do new skills very well. Um, <laughs> but... Box jump overs. I was saying to Philroy, I've watched Philroy do box jump overs on his Instagram video about a hundred times because I really struggled with the step down box jump over yeah. rather than rebounding. Yeah. Uh, and I had to. Uh, I remember doing that workout. And it was really hard, and I did okay, but not great. And then the next workout was like deadlifts and burpees, which are like my two favourites. And I was I was like two hundred and something in the world, which for me was an amazing yeah. score. Yeah. But the first workout, I definitely worked way harder, and I was like, you know, two thousandth in the world or yeah. something. Um, but for me, that first one, managing to figure out how to do box jump overs with a step down, <laughs> was, was way harder than just doing deadlifts and burpees. Yeah, it's interesting that. Um, so coming back to you said when you were younger, you know, you kind of always like saw Leicester as your team, and then obviously you get to you get to join them. They take you. You take you on, I guess. How how was that feeling, and how did you kind of see that opportunity? Yeah, it was amazing. Um, real cool. Obviously, you get loads of stash and get to yeah uh, hang out with all your all your heroes and that kind of thing. Do you know? I think one of the the biggest things though was um, when you go from. Uh, I've heard people on this podcast talk about it. When you go from your sport being your fun thing to mm, suddenly yeah. your sport being your full-time thing. Yeah. It's so all-consuming. Um, it's a lot more pressure because you're like, oh, I kind of want to stay doing this and keep getting paid to do this. Um, it was a real hard shift, you know, because when yeah. you're at school, you obviously you get to study history and you get to, you know, do <laughs> science. And, and then, you know, once you're done with that, you get to play a bit of rugby and it's wicked. Yeah. Whereas then suddenly you're like, right, I'm getting up, I'm playing rugby. And then I have breakfast and then we'll watch some rugby and then I'll do some <laughs> yeah. strength and conditioning. Yeah. yeah, and then we'll talk about some rugby. Um, uh, it was really hard and I remember really struggling with it initially to be like, wow, this is this is the thing you've really wanted, but yeah. at the same time it's really all consuming. Yeah. How um, did you how did you like what kind of tactics, what strategies did you do then to you know, be able to be able to cope with that and the change? Um, I feel like cultivating interests outside of rugby, like actively being like, I'm not just going to watch rugby now at the weekends. I've yeah, got to something find something needs to become that rugby now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've got to find some other things that I'm interested in. Um, and also I remember like, um, again, kind of a bit like transition space and separation. Um, I remember tr- we would drive back from training in the evening. And once we would be, this is me and my flatmate, who I played in the same team with. Once we would be in the underground car park, we were like, cool, that's the end of rugby chat now. We're not allowed to talk about <laughs> what the, you know, yeah. uh, you know, not allowed to talk about selection. We're not allowed to talk about anything. And, I, and I, I've said that to you before, and again, this is going back to Kobe. He was someone that did, that did the same, and you look at Kobe as being someone who was, like, obsessed with his sport and everything. Um, but uh, the CNO from Nike, the previous CNO said no like Kobe would come to you with like other ideas as to how like Nike can do things better and he'd come to Nike and be like oh have you tried using this sort of tech like technology before you know coming to them with like fresh ideas having interests outside of basketball because you say like you know it it does become all consuming it's how can you still have that bit of balance because you can tell yourself all day long, like, oh, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. It is great to be able to do this all the time. This is what I've always wanted to do. But you still need a little bit of something else. Your yeah. regs aren't completely in that basket. Exactly. And also, let's say if I was a, 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 a you know a full-time CrossFit athlete now and I was doing CrossFit all day, you know, there'd be a chance I'd then 
get home and just scroll through Instagram looking at other CrossFit athletes oh, on Instagram so and then I'll be like, right, should we pop Miles to Madison on the TV when yeah, we have yeah. uh, when we have dinner? <laughs> and then by the time I get around to training tomorrow, I'm like, I've done a lot of CrossFit. I've thought, <laughs> yeah. all I've thought about for the last 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I feel like when you get home, just try and think about other things, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. a tough one, isn't it? Especially within CrossFit, like I said, with been so many different areas in CrossFit like the weightlifting element and you know like snatch being like such a technical movement and then you've got the gymnastics elements which are never ending in like technicality and then even just the conditioning pieces and all the range of different movements like when you get into it and you're keen on it and you want to compete like you need to learn you need to be aware of all these movements as quick as possible yeah. really to be able to adapt to them so I think for a lot of people like getting new into CrossFit it can be so easy to get like fully submerged in it like outside of training time because you need to like you need to catch up really yeah. like you need to catch up with like your knowledge of, of the sport to be able to you know get to the level and it's it's switched on and off uh, between them i think i feel like a lot of people who are new and when i say new like within the first couple of years of competing like it's full on yeah 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 for a lot 100%. So at Leicester Tigers, again, being, I guess, you were you starting most games? Like, what kind of level were you, I don't know, first team all the time? No, like how, definitely what, not. What just the score um, there? academy and, and right, second okay. team games. Um, and then I'm at Leicester for a bit, and then um, eventually they bin me off, and then I go to Coventry, who are in the championship in the league below. How how was that to take? Because obviously, like you feel like Leicester's your your team from when you were young, and then they obviously let you go. I mean, that must have been pretty hard to take. Or? Yeah, pretty hard. Um, although I do um, once they, I can really distinctly remember this. They have told me, "Oh, we're not going to re-sign you for next season." Uh, and suddenly, for the last couple of months. I was playing way better because you obviously have just put so much pressure on yourself yeah. that you've just gone into your skin a little bit. Yeah. Suddenly I remember being like, oh, I'm playing way better now that I'm not playing for a contract or anything yeah. like that. Uh, so, so, and again, it's so funny. Like You hear Dan Carter speak about stuff like that, having space to be able to, you know, like... Express themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like you say, that probably gave you that space because rather than worrying about the pressure, it was like... Oh, I can just, you know... Just enjoy it. Yeah. I feel like with my training, you know, I always have felt it a little bit, to be honest. When when you start getting closer to a competition, like, your attitude going into a training session, when you're like, right, well, the competition's like four weeks away now, I need to make sure I'm going this fast or, like, lifting this weight, like, you put that more pressure on and then suddenly doing, like, hitting those weights becomes harder than, like, training, like, at this period of time now where it's just, like... Like you say, expressing yourself, yeah. like hit weights that previously like, oh, I used to have to really have to focus yeah. and work hard for that. Yeah. So did did like when you were at Leicester and Bath and Coventry, and uh, did they go through much mindset stuff like how to deal with that pressure and and that? Probably not at that time. I remember we did have access to sports psychologists and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we probably didn't didn't utilize them yeah. as much as we should. I was listening to um, or watching. Um, there's a cool document, like an eight-part documentary on Tom Brady uh, on Disney Plus at the moment. Um, and Tom Brady, when you hear him talk, is obviously, he's all about the grind and he's like all in and he is obviously totally consumed by it. But then when you listen to Gronk, um, who also played in the same team yeah. as Tom Brady, he's just always talking about he would only play well if it was like a joyful experience or if it was fun or, mm-hmm. you know, and totally different, um, which made me think as a coach, you've got to be really switched on to those kind of things, haven't you? Do you know what I mean? Some players or some athletes that you coach, you've got to like up the fun element and just yeah. be like, this is, this is really good fun, this is low yeah. pressure, it doesn't really matter, just focus on your effort and enjoy yeah. it. And then other people obviously just need you to fire them up and, yeah. and that kind of thing. And I think that's, we've learned that a lot probably this last six months yeah. with having people on a, here on a regular basis. It's like, you know, people thrive, you know, differently and mm-hmm. different things work for different people. Um, and like you say, it's being aware of that as a, as a coach and a, and a leader and trying to nurture that, you know, yeah. nurture it for each person, what, you know, work, works for them while still finding a balance for the whole team yeah. as well. Um, Even like mid-workout, the way people like to be spoken to. Yeah, you know? big, I find that's a big <laughs> thing between like different people. Like, sometimes I'm always kind of like 
really interested in is like, how does this person that if I'm gonna go up to a person that and the in a workout, if I don't know them, I'm not gonna say anything because you don't want to be that person that yeah. says something and it's just like they're just that person that does not want to be yeah. spoken to in a certain way or like certain words or things just might like kick them off. Um, but I think really interesting that some people want to be shouted abusefully yeah. at and other people like it needs to be encouraging or yeah. just like, oh fuck off because I don't yeah. want you talking to me. Yeah, I remember during, during quarters, Harriet, my wife, usually kind of judges me and she knows that I just like kind of positive affirmations and yeah. just like little reminders to breathe, to relax, yeah. you know, and that kind of thing. Then during quarters, there were some other people judging me, and they'd be like, how bad do you want it? And you're like, oh, yeah. get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> it's stressing me out. <laughs> I don't want this at all. <laughs> no, I don't really want it that much. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, anyway. <laughs> uh, I, um, one of my first was, uh, early competitions, anyway, I remember it was probably one of the first times Fran actually came to watch me at a competition. And I remember the first event, it was Manchester Games 2012 or 13. Um, it was a swim, 300 metre swim, and then you got out and it was like 75 burpees on the deck and everyone everyone was like, at some point everyone was doing burpees. And I just remember she was be behind me like to the right and just like, like screaming and shouting as if like, as if I was doing bad in the event like, Come on, come on, come on, and I'm just like, I just turned around and went, she wasn't impressed, but like, I'm like, I spoke to her after, like, I'm sorry for, like, telling you fuck off, but I don't need, you don't need to shout at me like that, like, yeah, I'm trying my hardest, I was actually third in the event, like, I was doing well, um, like, but just tell me I'm doing well. Yeah. Tell me, keep going. Yeah, like, don't exactly. make me stressed because exactly there's enough voices in my head telling me, like, telling me to fucking get going. I don't need one more. Exactly that. <laughs> yeah. Love that. There's a few other stories as well we could, uh, yeah. yeah well, yeah, well, <laughs> and when people send it that time around you, they realise, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they, they do. Exactly. They do. Just need to chop their head off one or two times. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how did, how did it end with rugby? Did it end on a good note, a sour note? Yeah. Um, so age about 25 Probably even before that, I just start to get little concussions, little knocks on the head. Um, and then my last season, pretty much every game, I'd get like a little kind of deja vu sensation every time I'd, I'd do a tackle where I'd be like, oh, have I dreamt this game? Have I, have I already played in this game? Or I'd obviously have like a little kind of strange bit of memory loss. Yeah. And then I'd have two, three games where I was fully out. Um, and then I'd wake up and then I wouldn't even remember like what year it was. Um, and then kind of towards the end of that season, I have like a big uh, knockout and then I go to the hospital and then every time I'm changing rooms in the hospital, I'm crying because I can't remember where I am and I'm like having a full freak out. Um, and then then I was like, right, probably need, to, probably need to stop playing if I'm getting like a head knock every single game. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of ended super abruptly. In my head, I was going to play until I was old and rubbish. Or, um, uh, so then, yeah. Um, luckily, at about that point, this is probably like 2014, I'd kind of just started getting into CrossFit, which kind of just about filled a, filled a kind of competitive yeah. void for me, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, for it, for it to just kind of end pretty abruptly, like you say, I guess... Did you have a period before you kind of went into, you know, like CrossFit and coaching? Or was it like, no, luckily I'd done just enough to... No, do you know, I was pretty lost, um, pretty lost for a bit. Um, I got a job in the city, started doing that for a little bit and hated it. I went a bit mad. Um, and then uh, while I'm in the city, I, I was kind of coaching in the evenings at CrossFit Box. And yeah. then an opportunity at Shakesmiths opened up. Uh, to coach there full time and I was like right I'm out I don't want to work in an office ever again um, and so yeah went, went straight there and then about a year later I was like Do you know I feel like I'm over um, I'm over the fact that rugby ended so so soon I'll go back and watch Leicester went back and watch and I'm loving it and I'm like this is great and then I get in the car and start crying my eyes out and I'm like I'm not over it I'm not over it at all <laughs> but it, I bet yeah but it's like a really tough <clears throat> thing to be able to because you, like 
David spoke about this a little bit. He he wanted to decide when his career was over. Like he wanted to, like with CrossFit, like now, like he didn't want a little injury to then be the end of his mm. CrossFit career and then not achieve what he'd maybe set out and his head to do. So I, I can imagine, like, it's not, it is an injury, isn't it? Concussion, really, but it's, it's, it's yeah. not like a typical injury. Yeah, it's a exactly. different one, really. Um, but it's also probably quite. It's quite dangerous, isn't it? Like multiple concussions yeah. you know, can affect you for the rest of your life. I can um, imagine that would be like a really hard thing as a professional athlete who's kind of been from the age of 16 where you're in like academies and then like, what was it, five or so years where you're professional? Yeah. To then just be, boom, go into the into the normal life. Yeah, I was chatting, I was chatting to Fran earlier. One of the toughest bits is like, you just kind of lost your identity and purpose. Do you know what I mean? Everyone used to introduce you as like, oh, this is Jamie, he plays rugby. And then it's yeah. like, oh, this is Jamie. Does like a bit of PT or whatever, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, I used, used to, be, to play rugby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I promise I used to be good. Um, <laughs> and then obviously you just don't know where yeah. your life is, is heading for quite a bit. I think we we spoke about this before, and I think we might have spoken it where you feel right when we did the podcast with you. It's like making sure that whatever you do, like your identity isn't, you know, yeah. attached to that. And it's, re- it's really, really hard to do. And I think. Again, it's just making sure that you've got a little bit of something else going on so you can, like you say, you're not just Jamie the rugby player. Yeah. Like, you're Jamie Harrop. Yeah. This is Jamie Harrop, do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's a great guy. He's, you know, not just a rugby player. He's, you know, good to be around, that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, but again, it's it's really hard to do. I it's think it's because because other people see your achievements as something that's like really impressive. Well, like, quite often when you, you maybe are introduced to some people or some friends or yeah, introduced to anyone, they're going to naturally go to that first thing that like that you've achieved to, to maybe just get across like the status of this person. Yeah. Because like, like, I, like Kiara, who's um, 15 years old now, uh, like she went to the games last year. Like, so a lot of her members in her box are like, oh, you're a games athlete. And I think in her head then like, Oh, I'm a games athlete. Like I've got to be like it's not. She's still, she's still just Kiara, the same girl yeah. who's just as good as she was two months ago. Mm-hmm. That extra pressure of having that like title yeah. of something that you've achieved. Yeah. Like if it's not dealt with or spoke about like the right way, like you see, when it when it then leaves, like you end up being what what's like my identity? Yeah, like who I'm who am I if I'm not this anymore? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about like you know, like you said, you go watch a game, like you, you're like, oh, this is great, and then you come away from it, you're like, fuck, like, oh, still not, still not over it yet. Yeah. Like, it's is it still like that now when you go to watch watch a game? No, do you know, I think I'm back absolutely just loving rugby as a as a fan now. Yeah, I, I love it. I feel like I've had enough. Probably couldn't. Um, uh, you know, I went to my local rugby club and they were having a game and being that kind of close to yeah. like grassroots rugby, I was like, oh, I can feel myself getting a bit emotional because this is kind of where it all started. I haven't yeah. really been around this kind of thing. But watching like, you know, England rugby or, mm-hmm. or Leicester or the club, yeah, I'm, I'm back loving it now, which is nice. That's yeah. good. That's has good. Uh, coming back as a spectator then helped you um, like have more respect for yourself and what you did achieve in the level that you got to or not? Uh, did he put it into like yeah do you know what like when you're watching these people and like they're playing like really good rugby it's like I used like I used to be able to do that like, I was yeah maybe 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 not not there yet you know no. I found I went watching um, the 2016 game so I went as a spectator and I think because I was there the, the year before yeah. and it and I was a little bit worried going watching because obviously that year is the year I got injured and couldn't complete regionals to eventually hopefully qualify. But I'd already got uh, tickets because they were sponsored by Reebok and they'd paid for flights to go out. So I was already booked to go. Um, and I was a bit worried about going watching. Like, would it make me really like more pissed off about the injury? But it actually made me like happier that I could watch like the individual men and what they were doing and like I could I could in a way, enjoy my 2015 games experience more having watched the 2016 because you're in a different, you're on the, in the stands then watching it happen. And it's like, then you can kind of, in a way, remember what it was like yeah, the year appreciate before. Appreciate your accomplishments. So like, yeah, like how many people in the crowds, yeah, like shouting yeah, yeah. and like music and just the atmosphere. Because when you're in the moment, like when you're playing, 
you probably just walk out on the pitch, like yeah. looking out the ground, not looking to the crowd, and then you play rugby, and then you're back in the gym. Yeah. But when you're in the stands watching it, it's like, ah, oh, like, this used to be me. Yeah. Like, this yeah. was me like last year. Yeah, I like that. Um, so when you started doing CrossFit, what was what was your intent? Because obviously, if you asked me and Steve, we'd be like, oh, we got into CrossFit really to be CrossFit athletes. Was it the same for you, or was it more like coaching, PT, or was um, it? I don't know what 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 filled the hole, or what was the hole that? Needed? Yeah, probably at the time, I just needed something like physical and a bit competitive um, no. uh, to just get all that kind of physicality and energy that you have. Out, uh, love competing, but I think, um, and this is maybe why I enjoy coaching so much. One, I think I learned skills really slowly. So whenever I coach someone, I'm like, well, I've done every progression on that. Okay, I'm going to help you with this. Don't worry. Uh, and two, I've got loads. Like I've had a full knee reconstruction, um, and so I've got tons of asymmetries. So that's why I love like movement mechanics and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So. Um, I feel like uh, naturally, probably, you know, well, my, I've, I've kind of generally finished about 50th in the UK in the Open, which mm-hmm. is not amazing, but, um, you know, decent. Um, but just, yeah, enjoy um, competing, enjoy training, yeah. Yeah. Um, from your, like, how did you do your knee? What, what was it? Was it rugby as well? Yeah, rugby as well. Um, tore my ACL and my MCL, and then... Um, uh, at the time, the contract that I had was very reliant on match fees, and so for the rest of the season, just had like a monster amount of tape around the <laughs> knee, and just played the whole season without an ACL, and oh, then booked right. the ACL up right, okay. um, afterwards. Uh, so now I have quite a wonky. I feel like I've got quite a wonky squat, and give me some <laughs> grief for it. I was like, been through a bit, Jack. <laughs> just trying to help you, mate. You know. <laughs> It's funny though, like from you know previous experiences, it obviously makes you aware and curious to find out you know more about the body. Like you say, you've been doing the mentorship with Ash, yeah, the train stimulus, um, and kind of that intrigue into the movement mechanics a little bit more. Yeah, I feel like when I did a little bit of research on you before we you know did this, you can see that you are really proud when. You know, like you did your level one gymnastics course, the mentorship, like you do, you can see you like to, you know, share that side of things. And I feel like that's because, like you said before, you're actually really proud to be a coach and really enjoy the coaching side of things. Yeah. I guess what, yeah, what does that kind of bring to you or why do you feel like you kind of enjoy that coaching? Yeah, I guess um, you just want, or I just want to... You know, you feel like you've made lots of mistakes. You feel like, oh, um, I can just help people, and it's super rewarding, isn't it? Um, when I, uh, you spoke about Liam Holmes earlier, mm. PH Nutrition. Uh, one of the things I think he did really brilliantly. Um, I remember hearing him talk to Aoife, who's one of my best pals, and yeah. she's at semi-finals in, in a few weeks. Um, and the way he was talking to her and about her nutrition, and then I remember hearing Liam talk to Harriet in the same day my wife um, and she's a teacher um, and was just wanting some help with her nutrition and she plays a bit of netball at the weekend and the way he spoke to both he was taking both of their kind of goals equally as seriously and yeah. I thought oh, that's such a cool thing to try and take on board so I feel like as a coach you know if someone comes to you and says I want to get to semi-finals or they're saying I want to get my first muscle up to be like equally as enthused about both goals yeah. is just a, a cool way to operate, isn't it? Do you know yeah, what I mean? It really like, is. I'm going to give you as much passion, irrespective yeah. of what your goal is. Yeah. Like you guys say, whatever your CrossFit Games is, that's what. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. It's it's great. It's great. Like like you say, um, just because someone's a better athlete doesn't mean they're a better person. Doesn't mean they're more important or anything like that. Yeah. Like you say, everyone's got equally their own CrossFit Games and to help someone get towards that, no matter what it is, it's a real privilege, I feel like, as a coach to be able to, you know, to really do that. Um, Sometimes you do, like, you do have to remind yourself, I think, as well. I feel like trying to stay grounded and, I don't know, either having someone that you can talk to, um, you know, to remind you that things or having a 
like a bit of a strategy to keep you grounded after do things you know quite important as well because um, it's easy to get carried away with especially in CrossFit everyone's just posting the stuff on Instagram like it's such an inst- everything just seems to revolve around that platform at times and again it's just removing yourself from that situation and yeah. having that bit of time and yeah um, Aoife you, so I feel like you guys have trained with each other since forever yeah did you start at Shapes since together yeah we started at Shapes well so we were at a box in North London okay and then um, she was like oh there's a box opening down in South West London you want to have a look at it and then we kind of moved down from there um yeah, and just been kind of pals and training partners ever since. Yeah, and I, I presume you, but you both, you both coach there on like a daily basis, when Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess kind of how is she the only kind of training partner you've ever really had? Like how? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, she's kind of um, she's just a cool athlete to be around. She's super focused super just kind of um you know she's able to just dial everything in and just focus on being just super present and in the moment Mm -hmm. um whereas my mind's quite often going off at a thousand things so being around someone who's totally different to you who like can have like one thought yeah like i'm gonna lift this bar whereas my my brain will be thinking about 50 things all at once (laughs) and i'm like no focus focus on just lifting the bum uh if if she was here and we asked her the same question about you, what do you think she'd say that you bring to the table? I don't know, shit chat, good pants. <laughs> good pants? Yeah. <laughs> Probably just that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, f- I feel like from, you know, when we've been training this past couple of days, you know, not spent loads of time together, but a little bit of time, like, you do seem, you know, like you've, you en- you enjoy it, do you know what I mean? Like you kind of have that side where it's like, you know, we're here to enjoy this as well as uh, just you know do the work as well. Which yeah. I think coming back to before when we we're on about the the enjoyment and the pressure and all that sort of stuff. Like I guess you're more focused on the coaching side, so training. I feel like you can be like, ah, oh, like this isn't the be all and end all. Yeah, true. I also feel like maybe coming from a team sport background you're always kind of um, laughing and joking when you're, you know, in a, in a rugby club. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You, whereas maybe if you come from an individual sport background, you think, well, I need to take this incredibly <laughs> seriously. I can't. Uh, whereas I feel like you can laugh and joke in between sets, can't you? And then, and then dial everything in when you approach the bar and be like, right, come on, focus yeah. now. Yeah. I think um, this is my uh, perception of you in the last few days. I think the, your best trait as a training partner is probably, a, I can imagine you being a reliable training partner. Okay. As in, like, you're always there and you're maybe you're on time type yeah. thing and you, tur- and you turn up. There's nothing worse, I feel like, if you're arranged to train with someone at a certain time and they just like they just don't turn up or they end up being like an hour late. And like, I feel like you'd be the reliable one. Is that right? Reliable. Yeah. 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 We'll ask. We'll ask Aoife. Yeah. What's your uh, What's your best trait as an athlete? He's always on time. Yeah. <laughs> he tries really hard. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's important though as a yeah. training partner as a, as, a, as a trait. Well, that was top of Chris Hoy's list of you know important values. Have always on time. Always on time. There you go, mate. Sets the tone, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. Standard. Yeah. yeah. It also shows respect. I think as well, like. You know, if someone agreement with yeah, trade. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's I think it's super important. What from your time, you know, through rugby, are there any strategies that you took that you were maybe aware of when you you were being coached to then becoming the coach in in CrossFit? Is there anything you kind of took from your previous sport into you know PT and coaching that stuff when you made the transition? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think um, the biggest thing is, like we say, is trying to, even though you are valuing everyone's goal equally, trying to treat everyone differently. Like we're just saying, you know, people like to be spoken differently in workouts. The same program 
that you provided for someone might not work as well for somebody else because they're built differently. They might have one dodgy knee or whatever. Um, um, you know, and trying to just be like, right, approach everyone like 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 they're a totally different athlete each time. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think it's a fa- I think it's a fine balance because I feel like if. And I don't feel like you probably mean it in this way, but maybe you do. We'll find out in a sec. But, for example, if someone's a better athlete, like feeling like you've got to give them more time, which I don't feel like everyone should be given like an even amount of time. Do you know what I mean? I don't feel like if someone's asking you um, like for something specific, they're going out of the way, they're taking the responsibility, they're asking you for help. I, I feel like in that situation all good to kind of give them more time. But I feel like if you look like you're favouring one person to another, it then causes, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Splinters, no. yeah. But I don't know, did you mean it that way? No, definitely no. not. No, <laughs> more like um, from their mindset to um, the way they're going to cope with the demands that you're giving, you know, mm-hmm. on the programme, you know, to their biomechanics. Yeah. To yeah, their, yeah. like, bioenergetics. Um just thought I'd throw that word in just <laughs> show off a little bit. Um, you sound super smart. Yeah. Uh, everyone should just be treated right. This is a blank canvas. How am I gonna how am I gonna best help you? Yeah. And I feel like being as a coach humble and open enough to be like, I know this worked for somebody else, but it maybe it doesn't work for you, so I'm yeah. just gonna go back to the drawing board and we're yeah. gonna figure out together. It becomes your issue then rather than yeah. the client of it, yeah. definitely. Exactly. That's yeah. That's that's really interesting as well. To be honest, um, I think like you say, just having that open mindedness to be like, right, like you say, it's not a one a one fits all mm-hmm. method, is it? Um, and I think also being curious as a coach is is quite important. Like wanting to know about people a little bit more. Uh, like, what's your story? And again, even like with the bio, the movement mechanic stuff that that you do with your um, you know your clients you might want to test something out and again it's that curiosity to be like oh I wonder if I do this will this work mm-hmm. again it'll be somewhat calculated but um, yeah I find that really interesting just finding out a little bit more yeah. about people um, so I guess like coaching over the, the years you've been coaching since 2015 or 2016 yeah, 2015 yeah. so that's seven years now um, what would you say like has been I don't know the biggest lesson you've picked over picked up over the seven the seven years or a few key lessons that you're like if I was if a young Jamie was getting into coaching or if you know there was a young girl or boy getting into coaching like what would your um you know advice be to advice be to them um (laughs) (laughs) uh maybe just to um Again, like you say, keep being curious, keep being super hardworking, but also um, uh, keep putting everything into perspective, which I feel like would be my lesson to myself throughout my life. How do you keep stuff in perspective now, then? Um, I guess just remind yourself that, you know, if something tough happens or if you have that you know, like we were saying, if you have that setback or if, you know, an athlete who you're working with is like, oh, I, I, I think I'm going to go off here to be like, oh, that's yeah. not the, that's not the, that's not the, you know, the end of the world. I just want to help everyone yeah. who, who yeah, comes to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I tell you, does a very good, good job of reminding me to keep perspective is, is Hannah. Like, she's like, what are you doing? Like, what about this? Or... Like, it's not all about CrossFit. You know, you've, you've got to go see your friends outside the gym as well sometimes yeah. and you, that sort of stuff. Hannah's very good at yeah. uh, good at that. What is Does Harriet get on your case as well? Yeah, stuff like definitely. That but bit? I remember even, you know, when you, I took my first few CrossFit classes. Yeah. And you take your fourth CrossFit class and it's chaos. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no. And then you feel like, oh, my God, am I going to be a terrible coach? <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, after you take, like, 
300 CrossFit classes, you're like, if it's a bit of chaos, you're, you're not too worried yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it'd be the same when you play rugby, your first couple of games, you're like, oh shit, like I've played real shit there. Exactly, like 300 yeah. games in, you're like, pretty good at this. Though. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even like, you know, sometimes you, you wouldn't start the first game of the season and you'd be thinking, this is, you know, doom and gloom. And then yeah. three months in, you're yeah. playing every game and you're thinking, oh, God quite do with a week off I hope, yeah. I'm, I hope I'm dropped next week so <laughs> my body has a bit of a rest <laughs> uh, um, so you kind of recently joined you know our, our coaching coaching team as well I guess what what for for you I don't know resonated with us like how is, it, is that the right way to put it I don't know what yeah what did you kind of see in, in us I guess that you were like you know I'd quite like to to join um, you guys <laughs> that's just my curiosity uh, yeah, yeah so I've, I've been a JST athlete following the program kind of um, for, for quite a while um, how, how long's a while um, we'd have to look back yeah yeah Leicester and Coventry as rugby clubs are quite kind of like um, working class Hard working, just get your head down, no frills. You know, I remember a lad turning up with white boots once and being told to go home. This is like, <laughs> you've not earned the right to wear white boots at training, mate. Um, and, um, you know, so coming into CrossFit, sometimes when I see people, you know, posting all their training on Instagram, I think, oh, well done, you've done a bit of training. Um, <laughs> cool. Uh, you know, you don't see Johnny Wilkinson posting endless videos of him kicking and you just know he's doing it because yeah. the results are just there and I feel like there's a little bit of that in JST isn't there where it's like just come in get your head down work hard no frills no egos everyone's just kind of humble and hard working um, which is which is you know what, yeah. what I want to be all about sure. um, even if Steve a few comps has mugged me off a few times <laughs> yeah. come on you've only told the story four times <laughs> <laughs> you may as well tell it for the fifth time when the podcast is on I don't actually know this story, so uh, come, on. come on. It's quite funny. It's we're, I've got a we're at a comp. We're in the warm-up area. Um, we've both got we've both got virus trackies on. Yes. Other tracksuits are available. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're about to we're about to do um, uh, it's like a one RM snatch, uh, and I thought, oh, there's, there's Steve Fawcett. I'll go over to him. I'll make a little joke. So we're bloody brilliant. So I wander over to him and I go, oh, virus trackies. Add five kilos to your lift if you're lifting these. <laughs> Steve just looks at me, does this horrid little half smile, like, yeah, cheers, mate. And then just turns his back. And I'm like, oh, no, that's my one chance. I've been mugged off. I've apologised multiple times today. <laughs> Every time it's told the story. <laughs> In my defence, I probably didn't understand what he said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he, he did only lift five kilos more than me. So, there you go. Yeah. It was only the, all yeah. the trackies, wasn't it, mate? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's, you know, it's quite an interesting point that you made. 15 kilos more this morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still got that competitiveness <laughs> deep in there. Um, but... Uh, What's what's interesting is what you said there is you know like the the kind of background and the story of Coventry and Leicester's like like you say working class get on with it you know it's not all about the frills it's just the hard work you do in the shadows and I I do like to think that like you said we are quite similar in that sense we're not kind of we're not really flashy you know we're not um, we've not really got any. Well, you've got quite a lot of followers, but I'm definitely, so definitely not happy to just... for like the last ten years. <laughs> but happy to just, you know, crack on as long as we're helping people to, you know, do the best. Um, and yeah, we're just like you say, JST compete was created off the back of hard work, trying to be, you know, the best athlete that's that Steve could, and then it's kind of, you know, got gone from there really. Um, so it's just re- interesting how it all aligns. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's super interesting. Um, is there anything else you kind of want to want to touch on? Um, I feel like we've now got a few individual clients with with us. Um, for you as a coach, what 
are kind of the big kind of three things that you want from the athletes you work with? And we've probably already covered these before from what you've said, but I feel like... Do you know, I think the best thing is when um, people just speak to you and communicate with you regularly and openly. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you, you go on Twitter and you think, oh, this person's just ticked or put like yeah, a little, little green really? tick emoji yeah. and you think, oh, I wish you would just send me all your videos because then I can just make your programme better and better, you know? So I feel like even though maybe sometimes athletes think, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't message them. I bloody love it when people yeah. send me all their feedback because you yeah. think, I know you now, I can see you, I can see how yeah. you're moving, yeah. I can help you more and more. There's nothing worse when you, when you sit down and think, right, I'm going to do this, this person's programme today. For the, for the next week and you sit down and you go right let's look through the last week uh, recap on the messages that they've sent it's just like nothing it's like right what do we do this week yeah it's like well, how can I how, how can you work it and then it just makes the the job of doing that week way harder than if they'd fed back yeah like, exactly I always feel like really easy or whatever <laughs> you, they just become like a generic avatar instead of like I get to see this person all the yeah, time yeah. Don't know. so yeah I feel like the best is when people are just open and honest, even if they're struggling with something and are like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't do that thing you mm -hmm. set for me, or I couldn't do my training this week because I had X and Y stress in my life, or whatever. You're like, hey, no worries, let's help you out, let's figure out how to make your program even better and, yeah. and get you to where you want to be. And I feel like, I, for me myself, I've been a little bit more like strict with athletes in the sense that I said, like, if I'm going to put the effort into doing your program, I want you to put the effort into you like giving me the results and the feedback as to what happened in the training sessions. Because like you said, if I don't know how that training session's gone, like I don't know whether to progress it as, as I was going to, to change it, like yeah. you've no idea, you're flying blind yeah. and it's you're just guessing. And then for the athlete, it's like, oh, well, I couldn't do that last week and we're doing it again this week. And it's like, well, my mind reader. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's give and take. Yeah, it's a two-way relationship and not just, like, you know, coach to athlete, coach to athlete. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it's important to get that message across because, and again, same for the guys on the, the JST, on JST athlete as well, like, take the responsibility, you know. If you need help, ask us because we are happy to help and we say this so much. Yeah. Yeah, I always feel like sometimes people think, it's quite like a, a top-down relationship, isn't it, like coach-athlete, whereas in fact you're like, all I want to do is help you. That's literally the reason I get up is to yeah. help you and get you to where you want to be. So literally just ask me and I will do everything I can. And if I don't know the answer, then we'll figure it out together. It's you know? true. And uh, again, Rob Baxter at, Baxter at Exeter said he's creating more of like a, rather than being a hierarchy, a little bit of a flatter hierarchy. And same with the guys at um, you know, Dave Brailsford and British, British Cycling. Like he says, he puts the crowns on top of the athlete's head. Like they've got everything that the athletes need, but the athletes have got to, you know, take the responsibility to be like, right, I need to go and see the physio today. Yeah. I need to go and speak to Steve Peters today. And in that way, the athletes got the power. And because they feel like they've got the power a little bit more in that sense, like that bit of control, they feel like, right, I've got that, you know, I've got like everything under control. I'm doing everything I can to, to make it happen. And I think relating that to us as coaches, it's like, you know, ask us for advice if you're struggling, send us a video if you're struggling, like, you've got to take that bit of responsibility to, uh, you know, to reach out yeah. and, yeah, ask us for help. Cool. Love it. Um, we've, we're going to, well, we've got a training session in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Six minutes. Six minutes. Seconds. I think that's all my words used up for the day. <laughs> 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 this is the second podcast in two days. Uh, Fran thinks she's getting a conversation out of me tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks for your time, Jamie. That thanks was a great conversation. Loved it. Brill. Cheers, mate. See ya. See ya. I absolutely loved that conversation with Jamie. There was so many little different avenues we went down, a good few topics we covered, which he's got both perspectives from being a very good rugby union player and now a very good coach. Um, and again, I've not really spoken to Jamie too much before, so really interesting to get his side of, of, of things and how he works. And you could really feel his curiosity, which 
I think is super important for anyone who wants to learn, pick up new skills, pick up new, you know, anything really. Um, so yeah, love that conversation. And funny to hear how he felt he aligned with us as well as as a company, as people. Um, so yeah, I was thrilled to explore that right at the end as well. So I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you haven't already, follow us, subscribe wherever you listen to it and share it with anyone else who you feel would benefit from listening to this podcast as well. We will see you next week for another one. Catch you soon.